This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with the goddess of food writing and critique ever essence, a.k.a. Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine, and me, her co-host, Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. It's coming close to the end of uh, the decade of the year, 2019. And on this week's edition, we're going to talk about some of the best cookbooks of 2019, followed by a really cool new uh, series at Blue's Egg. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, gremlins taking over our restaurants, uh, oysters and beer at Marl's Cheese Castle, and more on this week's edition of This Spice. But let's kick it off with the best cookbooks of 2019. We're going to talk about the top 10 cookbooks uh, that we are loving and feeling, or at least we want for the holidays. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I I have to clear some serious shelving space to get more cookbooks. Well, let's kick it off. We're going to rotate, alternate here. You start off with uh, one of your favorites of 2019. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with a baking book. And people who know me know I love to bake. And I love to visit bakeries when I travel. It's one of my favorite things to do. The cookbook is called Baking at République. I, I, I don't know why I really struggle. It's Republic, but it's the French pronunciation. Yeah, it's just a, it, it doesn't roll off it the It doesn't tongue. roll off my tongue. Yeah. Uh, so masterful techniques and recipes from this bakery. Uh, and it is you know, it's a very well-known bakery, like as I said. So it's the kind of place where you go in and you see this brioche tarts and... Um, morning buns and Queen Amon. If you know what a Queen Amon is, it is a pastry that is decadent, like layers and layers of buttery dough, sweet buttery dough. It is so amazing. You will eat one of them and it will change your life. And my and, blood pressure. And your yeah. blood pressure. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it, this this book is, you know, ideally going to gonna help you make some of these delicacies that they're known for. Is it one of those cookbooks? It seems like some of those cookbooks are like more for decoration or Uh, because of the recipes. That sounds very complicated to make. It's also really pretty. Like the photos are really, really pretty. Um, This one is uh, also, it's interesting, there's some Filipino sweet recipes in it um, because the the pastry chef and co-owner, her childhood um, included having some of these, some specialties from, from the Philippines such as um, a, a, a sweet coconut soup. So there's a recipe for that. That's in this. That's ba- in this book. Yeah, baker, bake, bakery book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. Cool. My my book on my list is uh, from an author that I have had a previous book of. Her name is Tony Tipton Martin. I actually met her last year. I thought she like. I felt like I scared her or something. She's like, "Who is this guy? Why is he talking to me?" But anyway, I met her. Got a chance to talk to her. Shake her hand. Uh, her last book was kind of a celebration of African-American cookbooks. She, she, she took photos and uh, of, like, some of the early African-American uh, cookbooks. So it was a collection, kind of a great coffee table book. So she just dropped another book called Jubilee, Recipes from Two Centuries of African-American Cooking. So she's really all about celebrating and studying and researching African-American cuisine. Um, this book is really those 200 years of recipes and stories from African-American chefs, cooks, enslaved chefs, um, from middle to upper class writers and entrepreneurs. 
Uh, you can find classics such as sweet potato biscuits, seafood gumbo, buttermilk fried chicken, pecan pie with bourbon. What she really does is really celebrates the contributions of African Americans to America's culinary scene. So it's a really fantastic book. Again, it's called Jubilee Recipes from Two Centuries of African American Cooking, a Cookbook. We're going to continue our conversation with the top cookbooks of 2019 on this Bites. We'll be right back. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. We're back and we're about to continue our conversation on some of our favorite cookbooks of 2019. Uh, we're going to go back to you, Anne. What's your next book? Ooh, the pressure is on. Da, da, da. Okay, well, I'm going to switch uh, courses here. I started with a with a, a baking book and I'm going to go to something completely savory and uh, something that honestly right now, I even though it's, you know, we're it's eight o'clock in the morning, I would want to eat this food right now. It is a cookbook that is sort of an ode to Oaxaca, Oaxaca home cooking from the heart of Mexico. It is based on uh, the cuisine of a restaurant, uh, the only Oaxacan restaurant, I should say the first, first yeah. Oaxacan restaurant in LA called Gela Gesta. And uh, it is, oh my gosh, the, the recipes look amazing. Um, and if you think that Oaxacan uh, food, if you have any um, familiarity with it, you might know about some of the moles of Oaxaca, uh, how they have a lot of different spices mm-hmm. and seeds and fruits and all these things that make them so interesting and complex, served over chicken or pork. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there and if you in Milwaukee here, there really are not many places where you can have some of kind those of dishes. Traditional. Um, jal- we were talking about this off air. Jalapeno Loco has some of the moles of Oaxaca. This is a restaurant that's near the airport. Uh, the old Sempazuchi used to have um, several, oh. quite a few Oaxacan dishes. Um, but uh, this is, um, you know, I'm going to tell you about some of the things that you can learn how to make if you if you get this cookbook: tamales with chicken and black mole, chiles stuffed with picadillo or giant. Uh, tortillas topped with pork rind paste, chorizo, and fresh cheese. Um, th- this, uh, it, it's actually, I, this, we were watching a little video beforehand. I have not been to the Koreatown neighborhood in LA where this restaurant is located, but it just looks beautiful, really festive, yes. and and like really fitting to the type of cuisine, which to me is really vibrant. Um, Oaxacan cuisine is really vibrant and um, vivid and lots of, of flavor. And uh, so I, this is a book that I would love to have. The Absolutely book, the love book, to uh, have it. Looks gorgeous, by the way. Yeah, it does. And um, you know, I think you know, I've always been you know, one of the things I've. I actually, I, I have a couple cookbooks that are just sauces, mm-hmm. and because I think sauces are so important. It's a foundational. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. And so, and and I think you know the moles. I mean that that's it's simply a, a huge uh, in in Oaxacan cuisine mm. the moles. So so I I just don't think you could go wrong with a book like this because um, if you got a great sauce you can do so much with it. Yes, I was learning. I had a book that was learning about the foundational sauces. So uh, there was a one point in time when I was obsessive and trying to learn to create my own sauces for a time period. Then then I moved on to something else. You know. My attention span's not that long. Mm. (laughs) 
well, the next book uh, actually comes from a, a YouTube celebrity. Um, I've been watching this YouTube channel for probably almost five years. It's a, her name is Mangchi. She's a kind of a Korean cook, and she goes to her channels so entertaining. But she goes through like the cuisine of Korea on each uh, on on her channel, and each video is a dish or side dish. Uh, I've been watching her for probably five years, and she's helped me improve my Korean cooking a lot. And I did not know, realize that she put out a book this year. It's called the Mangchi Big Book of Korean Cooking. From everyday meals to the celebration cuisine, and her her channel like covers it all. If you watch her videos, it's one that is highly entertaining. Uh, she's like probably one of the most popular uh, YouTube cooking celebrity out there. If you have not checked her out, definitely check out her YouTube channel. Um, so the book contains favorite dishes that she has perfected over the years, from to, like Korean barbecue to variety of Korean fried chicken dishes. There's one dish I really like. It's a garlic. Leek fried chicken with the sauce. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. I made it like I haven't made it like five or six times from her recipe. Um, Bimbimbap is also included. Um, so it's 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 a fantastic book. And if you're interested in like cooking Korean food, this is a very comprehensive book of the cuisine of Korea. So this is a great book for anybody who's very interested in Korean cuisine. Again, that's called the Mangchi. Big book of Korean cooking from everyday meals to celebration cuisine. So that's my number two book okay. on my list of best cookbooks of 2019. What do you got next? Uh, I'm going to go right for a classic. Um, I love old cookbooks, and I have quite a few. Well, I have a couple of settlement cookbooks. Those are really old, mm -hmm. you know, foundational cookbooks that our grandmothers here in, if, you know, in the Midwest would have used. And... Um, the Joy of Cooking, right? Everybody knows The Joy classic. of Cooking. It's a classic cookbook, and you're like, well, that's not a new book. Well, no. But there are, you know, new uh, revised books that it's come like the out dictionary. periodically. Exactly. So, um, and, you know, if you didn't know that, the woman who came out with this, the book, is Irma Bombauer. She is no longer alive. But that is, um, that was her claim to fame, was creating this cookbook. But I would love to have the new one. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie that <laughs> sometimes those are the books that I go to when I want to do something really classic. If if you know, for example, I mean, just even something like um, I know you. Okay, pumpkin pie is a really hotly <laughs> debated. I know you hate it. I know you hate it. But um, you know, sometimes I got to make I it don't for hate Thanksgiving. It at all. You just you don't like it. It's, it has its place, and okay. usually it's in a garbage can, but yeah. Well, I would, but I was going to say that though, I or let's say pecan pie or something like mm -hmm. that, I'd probably go to a book like The Joy of Cooking, and I'd check out that recipe just to, as a foundation for my crust. You oh, know, yeah. I feel like those are the kinds of books that, especially when you're you're doing something, like take a meatloaf, for instance. So it's like take a Bible like, of cooking. Absolutely. And and I just find those to be like essential to mm. have on your shelf because it, it just, again, it's those really foundational types of recipes. So, yeah. So I, um, I'm i excited to see the newly revised edition of The Joy You ever cooking. thought about it would be a great feature piece for Milwaukee Mags, like a year-round piece where you try to cook every recipe in that book? You know, someone, okay, it's a great idea, Tariq, but you know that that idea was taken, Julie and Julia. There was that book that was, was made into a movie where there was a woman who cooked for the Julia book, child. But it was in that book, was it? 
It was no, a it was a different one. That's but I mean, the whole yeah. idea was taken. So it was well, it? It's still it's, it's, it's a fun. It's not a, not to be original, but you're, you're you're doing it your own taking on it. Yeah. So you're not doing a Judo Child book. You're doing a Jewish cooking book. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe I will. I mean, no idea is original. No. I mean, I think people probably was doing that before that book came out. Probably. Probably people are cooking through cookbooks all the time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't make like, they didn't make like a blog out of it and decide. I'm going to chronicle my life while I'm doing this and my marriage. Stop it. I, and, I think you should do it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not Joy Cook. Maybe one of your favorite baking books and go through it yeah. as a kind of a year-long project. That could be really fun, yeah. actually. That could be fun. Okay. You've given me some inspiration here, Teresa. Let's put it out there. Okay. What about you? Are you going to you have another book on your list? Yeah. The next book is uh, probably most people would be surprised about this book I'm about to say. It is Ruffage, Your Practical Guide to Vegetables. Yes. The guy who... Uh, it's not a vegetarian or a vegan, has a vegetable book on my list. You might ask yourself, why does this guy who only eats mostly meat have a vegetable book on his list? Well, I, I, I love vegetables. But most of the time when I cook, to be honest with you, the vegetable part of my dish or dinner or meal is kind of an afterthought, right? I buy some vegetable, I put it in and, and put some seasoning without any thinking, not even a thought. Like the main course, is, there's thought into it. There's creativity into it. But my vegetables, not really much. I don't feel, I do I do justice to the vegetables I buy when I cook them. So I want to, the goal in 2020 is to really, to expand my horizons in when I cook vegetables. Like, oh, what is this vegetable? How can I prepare it? What can I do differently with this vegetable other than saute it in butter or and put salt on it or bake it or... You know, I want to get bored with that. You want to get bored. Yeah. So this book is 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 hopefully to challenge me to be different. Again, Ruffridge, a practical guide to vegetables. Um, it's a how to cookbook of a variety of vegetables. So it's not necessarily your typical cookbook. It's written by Abra Behrens, chef, farmer, and a Midwesterner. Uh, shares a collection of techniques that results in new flavors, textures, and way to enjoy all the vegetables you want to eat, from confit to caramelized and everything in between, braised, blissened, roasted, raw, different methods of preparing vegetables. There's over 300 recipes spanning 29 types of vegetables from asparagus to zucchini. Each chapter opens with an homage to the ingredients and variations on how to prepare them. Plenty of amazing photographs, um, uh, there's even a, a how to how to different vegetables, how to prepare different types of vegetables and how to what pairs well with different vegetables. Some recipes include shaved cabbage with chili oil, cilantro, and charred melon. That sounds fantastic. Most of the time, I don't know what to do with cabbage other than kimchi or eat it raw. Right, that's what I usually do with cabbage, or put in an okonomiyaki pancake. Um, there's blister cucumbers with cumin, yogurt, and parsley. I would never. I would just put olive oil and vinegar on cucumbers and salt and pepper. Um, they got massage. What well, I don't mean massaged kale with cream mozzarella. Massaged. That's what it says. Massaged, massaged kale? kale. I guess you just. Oh Maybe wow. that's a technique. Okay. Um, there's poached radishes with white wine, chicken stock, and butter. Um, charred head lettuce with hard boiled egg, anchovy vinaigrette. This is, sounds really fun, and I would love. To, to like take uh, in twenty twenty challenge myself to be more creative with vegetables along with my main dish. So I or love even that some idea. of these dishes might be main dishes instead. Yes. You know. Yes. So yeah, that's that's on my list. Ruffage, a practical guide to vegetables. Cool. Yeah. What's next for you? 
Okay, well, um, you might be surprised by this one because this is a book that I think you would be more likely to have on your list, um, only because I know a lot about you and I know that, but I do know you love this book. Okay, it's The Food of Sejuan. Um, and what I am excited about, not only is because I, I enjoy mm-hmm. Sejuan cuisine and there's a restaurant in Milwaukee called Sejuan uh, in West Dallas that I yes. really enjoy. And, and we're going to talk um, about that later. We're going to talk about it later. Mm-hmm. We are. Um, but it's, uh, so it's, I think what I, what I, I I'm, I'm somewhat, um, I've never really tackled cooking Chinese cuisine. Okay. And I think for me, the idea of taking it by province mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And for me, the Sichuan province, I like a lot of flavor. I like spice, but I like being able to control it. So this is a book that I would really like to delve into. Also, I just, I from what I am getting from reading just a little bit about the book, I think there's a lot of stories about how these different dishes came to be. Um, and I kind of love that. Mm. And, um, you know, for instance, um, and I also heard, well, well heard, I read I, as I was looking through the way it's organized. I think the process makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I've, I've gotten cookbooks before where I've been like, wait a minute, that mm-hmm. this, no, that does not follow. This wasn't edited. You know what I mean? Yes. Where there was an, an issue with the way it was actually written and, and, and for somebody's trying to, to, you know, put something together at home. And, you know, I'm a home cook. I'm not a professional cook. You know, I mean, that can be, you know, that can just deep six yeah. you right there. But I thought the little story, though, about how um, the the dish mapo, mapo tofu came about, I thought was really cute. And if you've ever had mapo tofu, it's... One of my f- few favorite tofu dishes. But it's tofu and pork. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> but it's made, it was named after uh, old Mother Chen, who was um, the smallpox scarred late 19th century wife of a restaurant owner. So uh, I, I, the, he made a dish for her, and Ma is refers to pockmarks. So the little pockmarks on someone's mm. face, those scars, and the Po is an old old woman. So the Ma Po is pockmarked old woman <laughs> at tofu. Uh-huh. So think of that the next time you have Ma Po tofu. Um, but there's also uh, there's also instructions for doing like a classic hot pot. I know you know how to do it, so maybe you don't. I've never done it. it. I've never done a hot pot because you gotta some of those ingredients. You gotta hopefully your butcher can sl- slice thin the meats. Yeah, and you might have, to, have like, to some be. of those vegetables. You might have to go to an Asian market get some of the vegetables uh-huh. you want. But I haven't done it because it's. I feel like to do it at home, I probably need to have friends over. <laughs> Not just well, by myself. I you know I, I mean I have no problem doing it by myself, yeah. but if I, I just feel sad. Oh okay. Like even pop at home by myself. I I eat it. I, out in restaurants by myself. I don't have a problem with that. But to cook it at home by yourself, I think there's, I don't know. got to have somebody. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I think you want to do a little party. Yeah. Yeah. A little party. So, uh, I don't know. I think this would be more of a, you know, kind of a, I would like to read this book. Mm. Like the whole thing start to finish before I really tackle exactly. it. Um, but I'm intrigued by it. Next is uh, another book, uh, Ode to My Southern Heritage. It's uh, 
called South Essential Recipes and New Explorations by uh, the James Beard winning chef Sean Brock, who has an amazing story. If you ever saw Minor the Chef, they had a whole season on him, a Minor the Chef. He even talked about his uh, going, getting over his uh, alcoholism and addiction to alcohol. Like, he's an amazing, interesting guy. Um, he's a, I have a, another one of his books. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but this is his latest book. It's basically looking at, like, truly southern cuisine and he's really kind of been uh one of the many ambassadors of southern cuisine and really trying to show people outside of south it's more than just fried chicken and collard greens that it's 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 an amazing cuisine and i've called it like the only true american cuisine southern cuisine um so he goes everything from just traditional southern cuisines to how to take care of a cast iron skillet there's techniques uh, you got recipes like fried green tomatoes, baby back ribs, tomato okra stew, to biscuits, and he highlights regional differences in the South, like whether it's shrimp and grits. Uh, so it's it's really a, a, a Bible to understanding the Southern cuisine. If you're a fan of that cuisine, you want to learn more about it, this is a really uh, good one to have and a great companion to uh, the Tony Tippin Martin book I mentioned earlier, Jubilee. So it's it's... So if you're into that and really want to appreciate that, understand that, I highly recommend the, that Sean Brock book, South Essential Recipes and New Explorations. Okay. That, that your final book? Oh, you have one more, right? No. I, you done? I, I, did I? Oh, no, I do have one more. <laughs> Ooh, you're right. Okay. Tartine. Uh, it's a classic revisited. There, and I will say there was a, the first Tartine cookbook came out in 2006, um, and it's this is uh, Tartine is a bakery in, in San Francisco, yes. and well known for um, you know this is right up my alley the cakes and tarts and pastries and breads and uh, these are you know uh, I mean to have to have this kind of in your arsenal if you're into baking is probably pretty essential. Um, but uh, it, it so when Tartine opened, there was, you know, there was just one location, but now it's grown to include many different locations of, mm. of Tartine. So um, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that um, I, again, it's one of those cookbooks that includes updated recipes, new recipes, but all focusing on Tartine, which to me is, is a really important bakery in kind of the history of, you know, American mm. bakeries or modern American mm-hmm. bakeries. And San Francisco being obviously a really important place for uh, restaurants and cooking and, you know, that, you know, new cuisine mm-hmm. um, and and farm to table. That whole thing is obviously really big and that whole mindset. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'd love to get tartine. Although I'm going to go back to that the that other cookbook, the other baking book, the mm. Ray Plublique. I mean, that would probably be number one on my number list. One. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, finally, close out the top cookbooks of 2019 from This Bites. I have uh, decided that Zaytun uh, recipes from the Palestinian kitchen uh, is on my list. It's a dazzling. I'm going to read the, the description. It's just great to read. It's a dazzling celebration of Palestinian cuisine featuring more than 80 modern recipes, captivating stories, and stunning travel photography. 
Yasmin Khan, the author of this book, unlocks the flavors and fragrances of modern Palestine from the sun-kissed pomegranate stalls of Akka on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea through evergreen oasis of date plantations in the Jordan Valley. Uh, this is a really interesting book because I really, I'm, I'm really been curious about Palestinian cuisine and that whole region. Um, you know, I, I haven't really got a chance to explore that. I, I was curious more about that cuisine. So this is an opportunity to expand my palate and uh, my skills and, and give a, and try to uh, prepare some of these dish dishes. Um, so it's, it's. So, so tell me a, a few of the ones that uh, jumped out at you, things that you want to make. So basically, it goes from like stoke, like stews of chicken and lamb flavored Palestinian hot spice blends and the marriage of olive oils to zatar. zatar. Like, I love no, zatar. I love zatar. Yeah. Um, and so. I actually was going to say, you know, going back to your uh, roughage cookbook and just mm. your your goal of like making more interesting vegetables, there's so much you can do with zatar, really, yes. in terms of seasoning and in, in terms of I vegetables. I just want popcorn. I put sitar in so many things, and it's great on vegetables. Um, so, yeah, think about that. And that book, too, might also really inspire you from a, from a vegetable, vegetable standpoint. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's rounds out uh, my top cookbooks of 2019 and your top cookbooks of 2019. Um, if you want to learn more about that, of course, we'll post links and all that kind of stuff to our website at RadioMilwaukee.org slash ThisBites. Next. Let's, let's get closer to home. Uh, Blue's Egg uh, announced a, kind of a new dinner series. Can you uh, elaborate on that uh, dinner series mm-hmm. for us? So this uh, is, a, is a dinner series exclusively at the Shorewood location. That la- location's on Oakland Avenue. Um, and Blue's Egg restaurants are just open for breakfast and lunch. So when they do these special, so dinner is is I mean that's that's a perfect time for these for them to do a dinner series because they're not typically open at that time. Mm. So this is a series of Friday night family style dinners, uh, and it's it's going to feature family style food, nothing too fancy, and uh, the they're going to feature heritage, premium, and local ingredients, uh, and as well as seasonal and cultural influences uh, in their set menu. So. Uh, the first one is coming up on January 10th, and uh, it will feature, and I can tell you a little bit about what's going to be on that menu. This It's going to start with a savory truffle carrot parfait, uh, a salad of bib lettuce with asparagus grilled onions, pickled egg, zesty dill dressing, and lemon garlic crumb. Uh, they will have whole wheat dinner rolls with golden raisin butter, the um, the 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 protein course or meat course is going to be a Wisconsin Meadows grass-fed braised mm. beef short ribs with gratin dauphinois. Uh, those would be potatoes mm-hmm. uh, with Brussels sprouts, uh, butter beans, and roasted radish. Uh, they will have a, a cheese course, the the Roly Red Rock, which I'm a huge fan of Roly Red Rock, with a pear citadel and a peppered cracker. And uh, fin- finally, uh, a hazelnut almond decoie with coffee custard. Uh, so that is the first. The, the first one is on the tenth, and um, these uh, actually I can name. I can give you the menu on the next one, which is on uh, January twenty fourth, and um, that one is, is really interesting. And you can you can go to their website. You can actually go to. Um, I believe the Blue's Egg web- website yeah, to we'll actually, yeah, 
to to get your reservation. Anyway, so this menu on the twenty fourth is going to be it's going to start with salsify toast, shaved fennel and endive salad with tart apples, uh, peppered walnuts and caramel honey. Uh, the bread will be a black rye bread. I like that they're putting some. <laughs> Uh, you know, they're actually doing their own breads, too. That's nice. So black rye bread with an onion brown butter cork cheese schmear. Heritage pork <laughs> rib. Yeah, schmear. A heritage pork rib roast with buttered dumplings, bacon braised cabbage, rom- Romanesco with hollandaise and cherry mushroom sauce. Uh, adore, adore artisan cheese butter case with blackberry lavender jam and, a, and hazelnut biscuits. And finally, a black forest cake with dark cherry and fierce that chocolate. Whole, that whole meal sounds very rich. It does. Yeah. yeah. It actually it 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 I, it reminds me. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Story Hill in in a way. I mean, yeah. I, I I can tell that they're they're siblings, obviously. Um, then, do you mind if I just run through their their um, Valentine's? Yeah, we do one more. They have, so they have one mm-hmm. on, on Valentine's Day on February fourteenth, which is a Friday. Uh, ch- uh, curry cheddar straws. Um, followed by roasted beet and Texas pink grapefruit salad with rosemary ricotta cheese, toasted pistachios, fried shallots. Uh, that will be served with jalapeno corn muffins with salted sorghum butter. They're, uh, this this, this uh, it's kind of sounds like your kind of meal here. Buttermilk fried chicken and gulf shrimp and grits with salt pork braised greens, slow-cooked butter beans, and roasted sweet potatoes. Uh, pimento cheese toast with red currant jelly. Are you digging this? And then finally, for dessert, bourbon raspberry bread pudding with pecan caramel sauce and sweet cream ice cream. So, yeah, these are just a few of um, the upcoming ones of this this Friday Night Dinner series. Sounds really, really fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, next up, we're going to talk about uh, some other uh, events happening. Uh, you've seen the movie Gremlins, right? You know, I, I don't think I was I don't think I was even alive when that movie came out. <laughs> I think I, you know, was just a a thought in my parents' head. Oh, okay. I didn't know that movie was that old. You were you were what twenty when that came out? I, I I wasn't even born. Yeah. So, but anyway, for those fans of the Gremlins movie, <laughs> what uh, year was that really? Come on, wasn't that 87? like eighty seven, eighty eight, okay. eighty six? I don't know. Whatever. Well, Hotel Madrid decides to honor this classic movie. Uh, Gremlins with a pop-up going now through December 24th. Uh, Hotel Madrid is at a Spanish restaurant over in Walker's Point. So they're going to be like drinks, special themed drinks and themed food. Drinks you can get like Gizmo. Gizmo's little cute I little remember Gremel. Gizmo. They say Gizmo is actually Baby Yoda's. I was going gonna, gonna to say, and also does this have any connection to the fact that people are going crazy for Baby Yoda, yeah. and then they were like, "Well, let's do something kind of like Baby Yoda." But they have, you know, but outside Giz- of there, they have a little small they have wall, a, it's, mural. It's a mural, yeah, yeah, right. So, but they have uh, Gizmo saves a day, which is a warm drink with Hendrix gin, chamomile, uh, sherry, drambuie, and lemon. Then there's um, what other drinks on here? There's the Rockin' Enrique Rialto, <laughs> a take on Irish coffee featuring Tullamadoo, Stone Creek coffee, coconut cream. Um, and plus there's some food, like everything from popcorn and, uh, some homemade gingerbread cookies from their pastry chef, Vonda Brown. And, uh, I guess yesterday had a special kind of off menu item like fried chicken yesterday. So if you're a fan of Gremlin, uh, it lasts through Christmas Eve, 
So it's Tuesdays through Thursdays from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then on Saturday and Sundays from 5 p.m. to midnight. I have such a vague recollection of seeing that movie. And I really wonder if it had either or both Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. I think both Remember when, when those guys were in every movie? They were in, uh, was it Lost Boys? Lost Boys. Great. I was Best about to say that ever. is my, one of my favorite movies. Best vampire Wasn't movie ever. Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, yep. I think Jason Patrick was in it too. I don't know. I'm I don't so know whatever happened to Jason Patrick. All the reboots Patrick. going on right now, that has not happened. Oh, a, I'm glad. The reboot treatment. No, but you did, did, no, don't ruin it for me <laughs> with a reboot because it is a great movie. Yes, it's, it's fantastic. I even love the soundtrack. Now I want to see it again. Yeah. Um, other things going on on Christmas Eve. I didn't know Morrow's Cheese Castle does this, but apparently been doing it for seven years. Seventh annual Bourbon Barrel Oyster Brunch, December 24th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's the seventh annual, so they've been doing this for seven years, at least seven years this Christmas Eve. So basically, seven years ago, the story is, seven years ago, one of the owners wanted to order some oysters and pair them with Bourbon Barrel aged beers and invited some of friends over to the castle on Christmas Eve to try them. And that turned into that annual event. So basically, he had a f- taste for oysters and bourbon barrel-aged beers. Interesting combination. Um, so they've been doing this, and this is the seventh annual. Uh, so you can come join fresh oysters flown in from East Coast, West Coast, and Canada, and a variety of very special bourbon barrel-aged beers, uh, and each specially paired with a cheese by our cheesemongers. Hmm. This happens on Christmas Eve. Have you been in Mars lately? I've not been to Mars, period. Oh, okay. Because I driven by it. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, the I the new one because they remodeled. That's what now. I'm saying. Yeah. The new one is huge. It is. I, I was a. I couldn't believe it. I mean, when I was a kid, we stopped at the the original one, um, and it was really small mm-hmm. in comparison. Yeah. I can't believe how big this place is. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm just trying in my mind, kind of thinking where they would, where inside this store they would mm. hold that. Um, I guess anywhere because yeah. this place is enormous, but. Uh, the cheese, if you're into cheeses, just go into the, the whole cheese mm. department is is pretty yeah. pretty incredible. And it is, the last time I was in there, I remember I was going there specifically, well, one of the reasons I was going there is I wanted to get Limburger cheese. Oh, you were telling me about and that. And that's where I, yeah, and they had a lot of You brought it to the office to, it. like, make people mad at the office? I, well, I wanted to, well, I wanted to do a taste test in the office and um, so I had to, like, open it up and let it kind of warm up to room temperature. Mm. And it, it gets pretty smelly when, when that happens. So we had some people that were kind of um, having some trouble with that. They were having, you know. Imagine. A little. <laughs> Glad you don't work here. Of, you know. <laughs> people that have, like, sensitive noses were mm. really kind of struggling a little bit. But, you know. Cool. Uh, and a couple of final things. Uh, Christmas is, is next week. And I know some people. Might not be uh, with family or they don't want to cook. I just got a couple things that people can do on Christmas to get out of the house if you want to. There's a couple of Christmas brunches. Uh, I know there's more, but I'm going to highlight a couple one at some hotels. Fister's having a Christmas celebration brunch, uh, and it begins with a complimentary mimosa or Bloody Mary, uh, following cocktails and a buffet of a delicious assortment of fresh seafood, cheeses, carved meats, omelets made to order, Customized pastas, salads, uh, and a lot of great stuff. Um, again, that's um, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Fister. You will post links to link details about that. You can also make a deal and uh, stay there. You can get some really good rates if you want to stay over the night. Um, so if you don't want to 
roll into your car and you can just roll up to your room and pass out after that brunch. So, huh? okay. and then the other hotel, Iron Horse, is doing a Christmas Day brunch. They don't really describe. All they say is like your favorite brunch classics and holiday favorites will be part of this brunch option. And it goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Iron Horse. I don't see any kind of hotel deals there, but that's uh, at Iron Horse. So, okay. But if you're like me who do, who's tired of the traditional meals, just turkey, all that Thanksgiving, holiday, Christmas, I, I'm over that. I'm, I'm over that. I want something different. So I am going to probably either go to Chezwan or Wanzini for hot pot. I want hot pot on Christmas. I think that would be my new tradition. You have hot pot on Christmas. Do you um, think we're going to get any snow? It's going to be in the 40s. For, is that the, the forecast? Yeah, and I love it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to complain. I'm not. I, I I don't even want, like, people are like, I love a white Christmas. I don't need a white Christmas. <laughs> Why do I need a white Christmas? Well, you didn't. You never grew up with a white Christmas, did you? No. No. And even now, I mean, even when I got up in the Midwest, like, oh, I get to have a white Christmas. And, and that older I get, like, I don't need one. I'm yeah. good. I can watch if I need to wait Christmas, I'll watch it on TV. Yeah. You know, watch Charlie Brown or something, but I don't need. But anyway, I'm going to do hot pot. I think that's that's going to be my new Christmas tradition if I don't go home and I'm not going home this year. So I might do some hot pot. All right. Yeah. So that wraps up this week's edition of This Bites uh, right before the holidays. This Bites is produced by Kitty Perez with handcrafted signing inspiration coming from the License Lab with support from. Society Insurance and generosity from our membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Malort and eggnog. Ew.